welcome to C3 Church to Bukit. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full, and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Hey, C3 family, so good to be with you today. Really excited to be a part of bringing uh, the book of James, the series on the book of James to you, and just feeling very privileged that I get to share with you the Word of God. But just before we get into that, in case we've never met before, I'll just tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, I've been married to Amanda for 35 years. Indeed, in three days' time, that will be 35 years, 34 of which Amanda and I have been on the team serving Pastor Phil and Chris. And so we've done so many things, both in our movement and our local church. Uh, right now, what that uh, forms up as is being a part of our global executive and in our local church, C3SYD being the executive pastors, which means looking after the locations of our multi-site church on behalf of Pastor Phil and Chris. Uh, but look, enough, enough about me. Let's get into this word on the book of James. And what a, what a time to be getting into a book which has got such practical wisdom when you consider what is happening in our world right now. I mean, this is a really tough time. Uh, this pandemic is affecting people, obviously in the way of health, but also emotionally, uh, isolation is very isolating. We're not designed by God to do well, except in community. And so we see uh, a lot of people doing it really tough with that. And of course, economically, people's businesses are doing it tough. People have lost work. All of these things are really affecting people. And then on top of that, we've got this incredible divisiveness that seems to be happening across our world, where around any given issue that there's, there's no room for middle ground. We're either this side or we're this side and, and there's no tolerance for people on the other side and that's even happening within the church. And with that as the context in which we are serving God and walking with Him and doing church, I couldn't think of anything better than to get into the practical, uh, feisty, dare I say, strong wisdom from the book of James, but that's exactly what you need. Strong wisdom is what does us good in really challenging times. And it has always been historically in the darkest and most difficult times that the church of Jesus Christ has shone the most. Here is our opportunity to shine. So we're getting into the book of James. We're particularly looking at the second chapter and I'm gonna look at the latter part of the second chapter focusing on faith that lives, faith that lives. So let's look at these verses together. I'm reading James 2, 14 to 26 from the NIV, the nearly infallible version. And we'll read verses 14 to 26, and then we'll start to unpack that. You're ready to go. This is going to be fun. All right. And, and just reminding you that James is pretty feisty and strong in this. You'll, you'll see what I mean as we get into it. He says this, verse 14, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, 
keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, it is not a, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there's one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. And in the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Strong stuff, but exactly what we need. So we're going to look at three things from this passage today. Firstly, and if you're taking notes, this is our, our like roadmap, our framework that we're going through on. Faith lives in action. First area. Secondly, can deeds save us? I think we've got to ask that question when you're looking at James, because he says things along those lines a couple of times. Can deeds save us? And thirdly, faith and deeds in a hurting world. Now let's pray and let's unpackage this together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the strength of this wisdom and that it is exactly the sort of thing that can help us to follow you, to live for you and to let our faith in you become something where people will see Christ in us. We pray that you would speak to each and every person who hears these words today that we would not remain the same, but we would be changed by your Holy Spirit we ask it in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. All right, so three points. First one, faith lives in action. I, I think if you just want to get the big picture of what James is saying here, you've got to say that James is strongly stating that the reality of someone's faith will be evidenced in action, the way they live. He's saying that if there is faith, you'll see it, won't be hidden. Indeed, he goes so far to say, if there's no tangible and visible outworking, then James would describe that faith as dead. That's what he says, verse 17, in the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. And then a little bit later in verse 18, he says, I will show you my faith by my deeds. Now, it makes me think uh, back in the early days of Amanda's and my marriage. Uh, this is before kids' days. And we uh, were starting a business in environmental education where we would take school students out into coast uh, and forest areas and teach about the environment in ways that worked in <clears throat> with their uh, school curriculum. Now, when we first started that, we didn't have one client, didn't know where to start, and it's always good when you're stepping out in faith and you're acting in faith to have a scripture that you're really standing on. And 
the scripture we were standing on was from 2 Thessalonians 1.11. And the Apostle Paul is saying to the Thessalonians that he's praying for them. Listen, listen to what he prays for them. He says, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God will make you worthy of his calling and that by his power, he will bring to fruition every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. He's praying for them that God by his power will bring to fruition every, their desire for goodness and get this bit, every deed prompted by faith. He is assuming that the faith of the Thessalonians will end up in deeds, that faith prompts deeds. And I, I just love, I'm a, I'm a fan of the Apostle Paul, and you also see this in James that we're looking at today. I love that they saw their lives and indeed the lives of every believer as being the small story as a part of the bigger story. And that bigger story is that God is working out his salvation for the earth and that we get to be a part of it. We've got a part to play. We've got action to take and we've got a difference to make. So they are really, really motivated to see that believers don't just have some sort of internalized belief, but it works out in action. So it's with that view that James says a whole lot of things that are not flattering about faith that does not result in action. Verse 14, what good is it, he says, if you see someone and they're in need and you don't help them. Uh, he says, can that faith save them? Verse 16, he says, uh, if you say to someone who's not doing well, go in peace, keep warm, well fed and do nothing about their physical needs, you don't act. He says, again, what good is it? Verse 17, we've already come across this. He says, faith, if not accompanied by action, is dead. Verse 20, he says, you foolish person, I told you this was strong. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? All right, so we've got um, what good is it? What good is it? Dead, useless. And verse 26, just to remind us again, he says, as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. He's not wanting us to miss this. Now, have you ever uh, had a conversation with someone, might be at work or in the, in the neighborhood, and they've said to you, oh, what did you do on the weekend? And, you, and you, you're feeling a bit bold and you go, well, I, I had a service with our church. And they say, oh, are you a Christian? I'm a Christian uh, as well, but uh, my faith is a very private faith. It's deeply private. Now, I wonder what sort of reaction, if someone said that to James, what they would get. I don't think it would be that, that positive because what James is saying is that biblically there is no such concept as a private faith that people don't see the outworking on. If we've got a faith in Jesus Christ, people will see it, people will experience it because it does result in action. So our first point is that faith lives in action. Faith lives in action. Francis of Assisi said it like this, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. How can he say that? Because faith lives in action. All right, so there's our first point. Second, can deeds save us? 
Now, this is an interesting question that we've got to ask because of some of the things that James says in this passage. Verse 14, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds, can such faith save them? And then going on to verse 24, You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. So is James saying that we can be saved by works? Well, my answer to that is that it depends on what kind of salvation we're talking about. Because there's not just one part of God saving us. There is being saved from the penalty of sin, which we call justification. And that is in that moment where we believe that Jesus is our Lord and Saviour. And then there's the salvation, which is being saved from the power of sin. And that is outworked over our lives. And that includes deeds. Let's have a look at how it says this in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8, 9 and 10. This, I just believe, synthesizes this thought altogether so we can understand it. Paul says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It's the gift of God, not by works, he says in verse 9, so that no one can boast. So Paul is very clearly here talking about being saved from the penalty of sin. That's a gift and it's apprehended by faith. I believe Jesus died for me. And from that moment, I am justified, just as if I'd never sinned. However, a justified, saved person lives a life that springs out of knowing what God's done for us. And Paul speaks about that in verse 10. He says, For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're justified by faith. We're we're saved from the penalty of sin. But then as time goes on, as we're saved from the presence of sin, we become more like Jesus. And a part of that is that we live like Jesus lived and Jesus acted. Jesus did good works. And so that is the part of our salvation that we work out. And that is what James is emphasizing here. I wrote it like this in my notes. We are saved or justified by faith alone. Then as a justified person, we continue to work out our salvation, our sanctification part, as time goes by, as we become more like Christ, including the good works that we do. All right, just wanted to land on that one a bit because I don't want you to be thinking, oh, so now I've got to add works so that I can be saved from the penalty of sin. No, Jesus covered that once and for all. Okay, so first point, faith lives in deeds. Faith lives in action. Second point, can deeds save us? Not justification, but it's certainly a part of our sanctification. And now third, faith and deeds in a hurting world. Here we are living in the midst of an extraordinarily difficult season for the planet on which we live. How can we live in this hurting world and our deeds have maximum impact for Christ? Well, in this passage, James mentioned three sorts of actions. The first one was helping people in need. Verse 15, he talks about helping those without clothes 
and daily food. There is certainly right now opportunity for you and I to help people in physical need. I'm finding there's just as much opportunity to help people in emotional need. I'm finding that there are just people in my world that, that don't know the Lord and do know the Lord. And they are feeling like there's no emotional energy in the tank. They're feeling dislocated and disconnected. And I'm finding both uh, people who know Jesus and those who don't are both saying, when I say, can I pray for you? They're going, yes, please pray for me. We can help people right now who are in need. Then James went on and described Abraham's courage and trusting obedience. God tested him in a most extraordinary way, saying, would you give up your son for me? And Abraham was going to go through with that reasoning that God would raise Isaac from the dead. And so this particular act that James says is an act of faith was courage and trust and obedience. And then he finishes on Rahab's courage, how in the face of extraordinary danger, Rahab showed courage in, in hiding the spies and helping them to escape. Uh, when I think about people whose faith really made an impact, now sometimes we can think about Christians who, who became famous in all the world. Well, someone you may never have heard of is a teacher who was at Forest High School where I went to school when I was in year 10. His name was Mac Lindsay. And Mac Lindsay was a Christian teacher who ran the Christian group. And doing that meant that he copped a lot of, of persecution and ridicule and people would give him a hard time. And yet it was because of Mac Lindsay running this Christian group and running, I've got to tell you, the best Christian water sports camps, sailing, surfing, water skiing, just so much fun stuff that people would go on these camps and hear the gospel. And that's what happened to me. Not just me, but literally, I'm telling you, hundreds of kids met Christ, but it wasn't just finished there because Mr. Lindsay would then disciple us. And he would send, he, I still remember, he sent me to a leadership camp when I'd just become a Christian to learn how to be a leader. I was so out of my depth. But Mr. Lindsay, his actions, his faith resulted in actions where he lived for Christ in not a Christian high school, a government high school, and that impacted not just dozens, but hundreds and hundreds of kids. What about you and I? How do we apply this in this COVID time where our faith in Christ, our faith in Him having saved us, our faith in Him developing us and creating the image of God in us as time goes by, how does that re result in actions for you and I? Well, I want to give you a really simple but profoundly powerful response to this. I'm not going to say, well, you could do this. Here's an idea. Here's an idea. You could step out and do that. You could take this action. You could do this deep. No, I'm just going to say a really powerful prayer that we could pray and then let the Holy Spirit do the suggesting. What if we prayed, God, show me who I can be kind to. Show me how I can be kind to them and fill me with your spirit so that I can do what you've shown me. If we're bold enough, brave enough to do that, I promise you that the Holy Spirit will, will bring things to our understanding and to our heart 
so that we will see actions that we can take right now that will help someone, that will be a blessing. It might be the key that unlocks the door of their heart to seeing Christ. He will show us who. He will show us how. And this is not like we then have to go, okay, by my strength, I'll do this. And we go, Holy Spirit, fill me and help me to step out and to take this action and to do this deed that my faith will be experienced by someone else and that that person will see Christ. Now, here's a hint that you're stepping in the right direction. Whatever you do will be inconvenient and it will have a price tag. That's how you know that your action's going to make a difference. Anything worthwhile will be inconvenient. It'll take time, probably money, a courage. There might be some things that we let go of, but it is the most phenomenal, rich, uh, purpose-filled, awesome. You wake up in the morning thinking, my goodness, I get to serve God, not going, why am I on this planet when our faith results in deeds. So if that's resonating with you today, and it's my prayer that it is, I'm going to pray a prayer now. And, and maybe as we finish this service, just uh, turn your palms towards heaven as a sign to Jesus that you surrender to him. He's the Lord. And as I pray this prayer, just make this your prayer in your heart as well. And when I finish, you can say amen, saying, I agree with this. So let's, let's just pray right now for Jesus to move in our hearts by his spirit through this. Father in heaven, we thank you for this extraordinary word that you have given us through James, this strong, practical wisdom that can impact us so powerfully that it can make our lives something which gives glory to you and changes the lives of others. So we ask together right now that you would show us how we can step out, that we can do deeds that are born of our faith in you, that we can see people's lives changed and impacted as we step out. And we ask, Holy Spirit, fill us because we can't do it. But we know that as you fill us this day, that we can do all things. We can act. We can do good works. And we can see people's lives impacted. Even in this COVID world, we can see the light of Christ come. And we thank you for hearing our prayer. We thank you for pouring out your spirit. And we seal this by saying amen and agreeing together right across our C3 family. We agree together. Amen in Jesus' name. Well, God bless you. It's been my privilege to share this word. And I look forward to hearing the stories of what you do as you step out in faith. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We hope you are inspired with this message. For more information about our church and our program, please visit c 3